gonna race you to the fence I'm gonna chase you round the block, round the block I'm gonna chase you round the block Art on the Airwaves with Cami Davis on KSKQ 89.5 FM in Ashland, Oregon. Well, I'm really excited about my guest today. Um, what to me is one of the best voices in the Valley is here with us, and that is Sean Siders. Welcome to the show, Sean. Oh, thank you so much, Cami. It's so good to have you here. Last time um, that you were on Art on the Airwaves, you were here with a couple other guys uh, from the Seons. Mm-hmm. And, yep. you're, and you're here today to talk about your new CD, which, when did it hit? Was it, it yesterday? Hit, uh, no, on Saturday we released it in Medford, Oregon at the Imperial Ballroom. Oh, fun. Yeah. And uh, there was a really cool crowd that day. Everyone was really involved and excited to hear the new music. So. Yeah. Yeah, sure. You guys have quite a following, not just in this area, but you guys travel around a little bit too, don't you? Yeah, we uh, actually, just before we released it on the 13th, we did a five-week tour around the U.S. Ooh, where'd you go? Uh, all, all over the place. We what, did a big old circle. <laughs> what was your favorite place? Oh, man, my favorite uh, is too hard to just decide off the top of my uh-huh. head. But one of my favorite places was uh, New York City. 
Oh, I've I, never been there. Yeah, I, I love the the level of stress you just kind of feel while you're there. Oh, my God. You just feel like you're swimming in <laughs> in this focus that, I don't know, you don't really uh, feel that while you're here in the Rogue Valley yeah. where we're all relaxed and everything. Yeah, right. So it's a different pace. Um, not my favorite pace, but it challenged me in a unique way when we were in that city. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I really like New York City. Tell me you, you took the time or had time to go to at least one art museum. I no. did I'm oh, sorry, Sean, Cammie. next time you go, I'm sending you <laughs> yeah. on a mission. I want some pictures from the art museums because that is one of my dreams. I'm okay. going there someday. Yeah, make me a list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will. I love that. Um, so your new CD is called Aprilis? It's Aprilis. Up, uh, Aprilis. What yeah. does that stand for? I've never seen that word before. Uh, yeah, you probably haven't. It's uh, it's not commonly used anymore. It's a, it's a Latin word, and... Um, I hopefully I'm doing this correctly. If there are any Latin experts out there, they might be uh, blowing their brains out right now. But um, <laughs> to a certain extent, it uh, it just represents the month April. That's what it means oh. when they used to say it, Aprilis, and uh, it represents uh, what we know as spring and um, how life begins anew for a lot of things in in the earth and outside of the earth. It's always like a refreshing point of the earth. And uh, that is ultimately the concept of the album, um, which takes a role in the uh, post-apocalyptic time of, of, of the world. Um, and, you know, as, as we're getting into all the chaos of a world ending and dying, um, there's that last shred of hope for it to have a rebirth after everything is burned down to the ground. And, I mean, that's just kind of the nature of existence. It, it feels that, you know, wow. eventually you, uh, you know, after things have completely been destroyed, there's always hope. And uh, that's what Aprilis means to me and Sion's, and that's what we were trying to put out there. Is hope? Yes, yeah. The, the birth of something new. I love Absolutely, that. Yeah. I was with you till the post-apocalyptics and stuff. It sounds so deep. Whose idea was that? To, con- to Whose concept? Uh it popped into my head. Mm-hmm. Um, so this I, is from your twisted brain, Sean. That's what you're telling me? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the deal. I, uh, I'm a big fan of Bob, Bob Moog. He's a, he's a maker of synthesizers, one mm-hmm. of the first pioneers of analog synthesizers. And one thing he always used to say is uh, he couldn't take credits for his ideas. They, they would just come into his head mm-hmm. from the universe, from God, whatever you call it, mm-hmm. um, he he had this humble way of saying that he just connected himself to the thoughts that were already there, and he was just an antenna that was pulling these thoughts out of the sky, sort mm-hmm. of thing. And I like to think that that's what it was. You know, like I was just the the little antenna mm-hmm. out of the band that was picking up most of the ideas, and um, <laughs> yeah, it was telling me post-apocalyptic yeah. start start writing about humanity, start writing about tragedy. Yeah. And uh, that's, I just kept going until we created what we did. I love it. Um, and I, I did, you dropped it off at the um, KSKQ studios a few weeks ago, and I did have a chance to listen to it. And cool. I think it's, yeah, I, it's, it is amazing. And I love the, um, the idea of, of birth and renewing your, you know, yourself and hope. And I, I think that's so cool. How long did it take you guys to make the CD, to write it and make it? Well, it started... I was just thinking about it, actually. It took about six years um, up to when I wrote the first song until now. It's been about six years. Wait, six years? You're like 24. (laughs) You were like, you were a baby. You were like 18. (laughs) I was, uh, yeah, it was uh, right when I started at SOU, actually. I was in Uh college, 
And um, I went to the uh, piano rooms, the piano practice rooms they have there in the music building. And um, I just started playing piano a little bit, and that's when I learned how to play piano as well. So I was writing as I learned. And um, yeah, eventually the concept came to me. And I had the songs for about three years before we even decided we wanted to record them. So they under... They went through so many different changes yeah. before we decided on the final sound yeah. for the for the recordings. Wow. Um, and I wanted to ask you, because I, I've had you on the show before and I've listened to your music, and I wanted to ask you if there was a spiritual side to it, because there's something, um, I was raised uh, in the Nazarene faith by my parents, and so mm-hmm. there was something that was very spiritual that was coming out to me when I was listening to some of your words, some of the phrases I was picking up on. Yeah. Um, do you mind me asking you about that, or can you tell me if, if what, what that background is? Yeah, it's absolutely fine. Um, I think we all have spirituality, mm-hmm. and uh, we interpret it in different ways and we express it in so many different ways and it's just beautiful how many options there are Mm -hmm. um and really that's what i try to embrace whenever i write about something spiritual um i don't really uh try to advertise any specific religion Mm -hmm. or anything Mm -hmm. like that um but i always encourage people to have a strong spirituality because it's it's important in humanity to believe in uh, things beyond the physical world. It really is. I love that. And I think that's one of the things that draws me to your music and your words is that um, you're not hitting people over the head with it, but you're being um, true to yourself is is what I take in in listening to it. So I think that's amazing. Um, So did you get a degree from SOU in music? Is that what you studied? I uh, I studied music. Um, I did music theory, um, some ear training classes that were actually really fun. I think I need um, those for doing the controls here. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. They do they do engineering classes as well. I didn't actually take any when I was at SU, oh. but um, yeah. I never really decided on a degree. I just took two years there, mm-hmm. and I did mostly percussive studies with uh, Terry Longshore, um, who I think is running the entire music uh, thing they're doing over there. I'm not entirely sure on that. Mm. I haven't been keeping up to date on it. But he was the percussion director when I was there. And, um, yeah, I mostly worked under him and just enjoyed every second of it. But, uh, yeah, no no uh, degree mm-hmm. intended. Just so what is your future? Are you planning – what are you planning, like, with uh, Sion's? And, and, yeah, what is your future in music? Well – uh, hopefully we're just going to keep doing what we do best. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm already thinking about what we're going to do next, what recordings we're going to do. And, uh, we're getting really excited, uh, talking about our favorite bands. You know, we've been listening to a lot of Radiohead. We've been listening to, um, one of my favorite bands right now. Sun Luke's is a big one. Oh, I haven't uh, heard that. Yeah. They're, they're very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we all have our uh, own favorite bands that we listen to and we yeah. take influence from them. So we're excited to just keep doing that and uh, do some more traveling as well. That was our first U.S. tour um, a couple uh, or a week back when we just got back from that five-week tour. So uh, we want to keep doing that as well. Oh, fun. Yeah. Very, very cool. Um so Sean is going to play us a live song, which I'm really excited about. And now I have to ask you, you were saying that you took a lot of percussion, but you showed up with a keyboard today. So mm-hmm. are you, do you do multi-instruments or? Are... 
Yeah. What's that about? You can play a lot of different things? Well, yeah, the, the cool thing about percussion is um, I think it's one of the more diverse studies in music. Um, uh, piano is almost a percussion instrument in, in itself. Um, of course, there's other elements to it, but it's probably the closest to percussion you can get without it being percussion, oh. um, in my opinion. I mean, Interesting. That, I had no idea. Well, yeah, I mean, just rhythms and every you're always thinking about rhythms and uh i mean marimba is a percussion instrument which is basically a piano you know xylophones and bells so they kind of lend themselves to each other but um yeah i mean i've just always been passionate about learning new instruments and finding how they resonate with me like differently to other instruments Um, and piano is just really special to me for this album of prillis that's definitely my focus instrument (laughs) Very cool. Are you going to play one of the songs off of Aprilis today, or are you singing something different? Okay, which one are you going to um, sing? And then I need to ask you, because um, Sean's jetting out of here. He um, he has a He's one of those artists that has a day job, like so many of us. And um, so he's going to jet out of here after playing a live song for us. And so then I'm going to play two other songs off of your CD. Which two do you think I should, should play? I would recommend, um, for the sake of ease... You could do uh, Sleeping Saviors to okay. Tick and Twirl um, okay. if, if you were going to play them back to back because they're, they're right next to each other. And I think they uh, express the dynamic of the band in very different ways. They're, one of them's kind of heavier, and that first one is a little bit softer. It, it experiences the uh, lighter sound of what we're trying to do. So Okay, so those yeah. are the two songs I'm going to play a little bit later in the show. Um, and I, I want to make sure, because you're going to be jetting out of here when you're done playing, I want to make sure that we give let people know where they can purchase your CD and what your website is. Okay, that's an easy one. Uh, as long as you know how to spell our name, uh, it's seons.com. And uh, here comes the spelling for that name. It's S-E-A-O-N-S. It's Seasons Without the Middle S. Yeah, exactly. Seasons Without the Middle S. Um, we're definitely not called seasons. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just remember how to that's spell the, it because of that. That's, that's right. the only reference. No, that is, yeah, I think everyone remembers how to spell it like that. That's for sure. Oh, yeah, okay. It's, it's, it's a not good just tool. me. No, it, you're not alone there. <laughs> but we get common confusion, you know, people forget and they're like, oh, the seasons. Yeah, and yeah. And then everyone gets really confused. Yeah. Which is pretty funny. So it's seons.com. Seons.com. Okay. Yeah. And, and then it, where do they find, and then you can... You can find you on Facebook because I follow you guys on Facebook, and and it's Sions yeah. that you look for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. and, and I mean you can uh, as soon as you go right to our website, there's all those nifty little social buttons. Oh, you'll cool. see them right on the front page. That makes it and easy, and they'll take you to our Instagram, our Twitter, <gasps> YouTube I don't channel. Know if I follow you on Instagram, I got to go do that. Okay, very good. Um, and then where can they buy their your CD? Is it on your website? Yep. Yeah, you'll Perfect. see a little store button, and you can go in there. We've uh, we just printed some great T-shirts with Tim Stickrod, a local mm. screen printer who's actually oh, cool. really talented. Um, he's in a band called Fox Hollow and Everett. Go check that out. Oh, very cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so thank you for coming in today. And what song are you going to sing for us? I'm going to sing a song called Rain, and this is the uh, piano arrangement. We're hoping to actually record this version at some point. Oh, very cool. <laughs> Here's Sean Siders with the Seons.
beautiful that was sean siders from the cn sean that was my favorite song by the way on your cd i don't know if i ever told you which one i liked the most but um that was and you chose it to sing and in person like your voice just blows me away i kept having to turn the microphone <laughs> down a little bit i hope uh audially i did you justice because it's you have such a good voice i love the sound of it so thank you so much it was an absolute pleasure having you stop in today and remember their website is seons.com yep Thank you, Cammie. Thanks, Sean. So now we're going to turn to my, um, my other guest for today, um, who is an artist. And when I first moved to this area from Seattle, I had contacted anything that had the word art gallery on it in the area. And um, one of those was Elon Guest Suites and Gallery. And I walked in, and this really nice lady, Cherie Renault, was um, showing me her guest suites. And she said to me, oh, my son is an artist. And I was kind of cringing because I was in that, you know, I just moved from the big city. There's not going to be any good art in this area space and she showed me her son's art and my jaw dropped <laughs> and that artist was Gabriel Mark Lipper. Gabriel, welcome to the show. Thank you. You can put that up a little bit if okay. you want. We're adjusting microphones. Poor Sean's moving his keyboard out while I'm interviewing um, Gabriel. But Gabriel, yeah, I was blown away. So it, it right from the start, it completely changed my my take on Southern Oregon artists. And of course, since I got here, I have I have definitely learned the truth that we have amazing artists here. Absolutely. Yeah. So welcome, welcome to uh, to Art on the Airways. This is the first time you've been on, and I've been dying to have you on for a while. I think I've been asking you to come on for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we've had a, we had this date set a way back. So yeah, poor poor uh, Gabriel. I saw him at an event, and I basically accosted him, and here he is. <laughs> so um, let's tell the listeners who aren't familiar with you uh, a little bit about your art. How would you describe your art? Um, well, I, I paint in oil, and um, it's generally fairly representational with a lot of focus on color. And I guess um, a thing that uh, a lot of my work kind of, um, 
I guess, a chord that runs through the work is that there's a lot of narrative behind the the work that I do. There's like a story for your paintings when you're painting them? It generally, I mean, uh, vague, and I like to um, kind of leave it open uh, to the viewer to kind of project their own um, responses mm -hmm. to what I'm doing, but I like to juxtapose different, um, usually f figures, um, with each other, so that, so there's some kind of a um, questionable dynamic, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Let's go back in time. When did you first realize you were going to be an artist or a painter? Well, I grew up drawing. You know, my uh, that was pretty much what I did exclusively as a kid. Was it? Did, did your your mom or dad pass that down to you, or somebody in your family, or was it just something that you went, "Oh, I want to draw"? I mean, I've always been. Um, you know, really, it's been encouraged, definitely. Mm -hmm. Both my mom and dad were um, very artistic. And um, I think I just, you know, always, I always had pencils and paper in front of me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So there was never any doubt. I'm, um, I grew up uh, the first uh, 11 years pretty much an only child. And uh, TV, oh. TV was limited. Oh. <laughs> So, See, that's smart. My parents raised us without television. Yeah. And now they have television. The minute we grew up, they got a television. But right. yeah, they raised us without TV. And I think that's mm -hmm. really smart because you have to, as kids, you have to like, you, you know, come up with your own yeah. entertainment. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, create, um, create your, your daily yeah. activities. And so for me, that was a lot of, you know, coloring and drawing. Yeah. And did you, were you like in school, were you above the rest of the kids in arts and crafts or, or, you know, was it something that, that was always going to be what you did or? Uh, there was definitely some years when I was in denial. I mean, the eighties, I, I was pretty sure I was going to be a stockbroker. Really? You know? Oh <laughs> yeah. no. Yeah. From so, stockbroker to artist. <laughs> right. um, I think that was just the eighties. It was either that or, I mean. <laughs> that was the thing to do in the eighties, right. wasn't it? Wall yeah. street and yeah, all those. Exactly. Yeah. So I, you know, um, it was pretty clear early on, I think, to everybody but me, and and then I I embraced it in high school. Um, I've been, yeah, I was always the one drawing. In high school, now did you go to college for it? I don't. I, I did a, uh, I did two years with a man named Simeon Bilms who used to live in this valley, and I was looking at Parsons School of Design in New York, and he was a a graduate, mm -hmm. and so it kind of brought me full circle. I I um, the time I went to high school in Portland, and. Uh, that brought me back down here to um, oh. study with him for a couple of years. He's so is that how you, because your mom lives here too, so I didn't know if you had been raised here in Southern Oregon, or how did you Yeah, I went, to, I went to Walker Elementary here in oh. Ashland. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. So this is where you grew yeah, up. this is my home. Uh -huh. um, I mean, Portland and, and here, middle school, high uh -huh. school up there. And then you yeah. moved back down here later on to study with him and ended up staying here. Yeah, that was kind of an, uh, maybe an ironic twist of fate, but um, it's obviously... Where you know family is, so it's yeah. it makes it easy. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I know that makes a big difference where family is. Do you plan to stay here long term? Like well, I've been here since '93, so that's yeah. pretty. Well, that's a while. That's kind of long term. <laughs> now you were someplace during the summer. I know I follow you on Facebook, and you were. It was like a picture of you out painting in this idyllic countryside, and I don't know France. Where but were you at? I was in. Uh, I did. I took a painting trip um, through Italy. I started in Rome, and then went up. Um, uh, through Tuscany and, and oh. painted in Tuscany, and um, and then finally finished up in um, in Munich for the Oktoberfest with a couple wow. of friends. Wow, 
I've never yeah. traveled anywhere, so I was looking at that picture thinking, I want Gabriel's life. It's, Someday I want Gabriel's life. <laughs> that's, a, that's definitely one of the perks that I managed to somehow work into my um, career. Mm-hmm. I, paint, I go on um, painting trips, and nice. I, I really enjoy that, and I think it's feeding my creative process in a way that not much can. Yeah. I've often thought, um, because I get so inspired by everything around me, Mm -hmm. I've often just wondered what would happen if I traveled and, you know, saw different cultures and stuff. Like, I just feel like my head would probably, my creative brain would just like explode with just all the things that, that would come out of it. It's pretty consistent that way. I've, every time that I've traveled, I've come back, um, just with a whole nother level of energy yeah. And um, it opens up doors, you know, in the creative process that are just not available otherwise, I think, for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, oh, I just had a question and now I have forgotten. Oh, I was going to ask you, do you support yourself as an artist? Because that's one of the things that we talk about on my show is um, art and the business of art. Um, are you, do you support yourself as an artist or do you have a day job? No, that's, that's my career. And it has been... Um, for coming up on 20 years now. So I've been painting um, full-time since, well, at least, I don't know, 17 years minimum. I don't know. Somewhere, you know. Was it it like right after high school? Like, have you had any other job, or were you able to just be an artist? Oh, yeah, no, I I put in a little bit of time there. I I did some um, bagel delivery. Bye, Sean Siders. Thank you again. Thanks, Sean. (laughs) Bye. He's such a sweetheart. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so bagel delivery, waiter, <laughs> dishwasher. Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah. Were you at the McDonald's window or anything no, else? No, no, <laughs> never did that. Bagel delivery, though, that has a that has a great sound to it. I love it that. It was it was it was fun. <laughs> That's I, awesome. I delivered uh, pizza for a month. Yeah. I can't imagine Gabriel <laughs> Mark Lipper showing up at my doorstep with a pepperoni pizza in his hand. I yeah. just I love the visual image of that. You I might couldn't, need to do I that couldn't actually imagine it either for very long, so <laughs> oh, okay. it didn't last. But, so uh, then you went into um, into doing art. What was your first big break as an artist? Actually, I think the, the locally the first um, first kind of window into the to the career was Blackstone Audiobooks hired me to do um, book covers for them. Oh, and. Um, yeah, it was just a, a, a kind of an opening into, hey, you can get paid for this, and, you know, there's enough work to keep you busy. Now, did they tell you what to paint, or did they use your paintings? Oh, no, they, they were, these were illustrations. So oh, so like t- graphic art? No, not graphic art, like um, James Bond book covers. Oh, or, um, oh I got to go C.S. Google these C.S. and C.S. Lewis, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there was, there was a lot of fun. Oh, that's very cool. Mm-hmm. One of the things I notice about you as an artist is that you do seem multi-talented. Like, you don't just paint one thing. Like, it seems like you can go off in quite a few different directions. Is that accurate? Yeah, I don't, I don't really like to focus too closely on one um, particular style for too long. I'm, you know, the, the number one thing that drives me in, in, in painting is the creative process. And so I'm you know, constantly trying to push myself and grow and, you know, explore. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was at a, I don't know if you remember this, but the first time I met you in person, I was at a luncheon for the Ashland Art Center, and they had this little activity where we had to pass around a book, and we all drew a certain, I was between you and Betty LaDuke, for God's sakes, and I had to draw something. You it killed was, it. You killed it. It I was great. I ruined it. <laughs> no, no, no I, it was fantastic. <laughs> but, yeah, it was like, I, 
everyone was so intimidated to be sitting next to Gabriel Mark Lipper going, oh, my God, because, you know, we all know your talent. And it's like, oh, man. That was fun, though. I it wish was. I'd, I think I took a picture of it. I wish I somehow managed to, to keep that because it was really, it was really odd. That was a fun table. It was. Yeah. I remember there was a toe or a foot involved. That was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, there were some, <laughs> some good ones. That was fun. Um, Let's see. I think I'm going to put our next song, um, our first one off of the Aprilis CD on, um, and it's going to be the one that Sean Siders recommended, which is Sleeping Saviors. When we come back, we're going to have about 20 more minutes to talk with Gabriel Mark Lipper, and um, I want to talk to him about where his studio is located now, and then see if he has any tips for other artists who are trying to make a living um, as artists full-time rather than having a day job as well. So here is Sleeping Saviors by the Sions. Talk through lowly whispers Prayers and knock on the battle door Kneel to our only saviors Fighting up in the heavens And distant dreamers 
talk of how we can be saviors Ringing damage to my ears was the Sions with um, that song was Sleeping Saviors, and that is off of their new CD that just came out on Saturday last week, and it's called Aprilis. So you can go to the Sions.com if you're interested in more information about them. But this is Cami with Art on the Airwaves on KSKQ 89.5 FM, and I am back on the air with Gabriel Mark Lipper. Welcome back, Gabriel. Thanks, Kimmy. I was asking him about his art and um, what he's working on right now. And he was describing to me how um, all the pieces tie together. And you use the phrase, um, the decadence of our society. Is that, yeah. is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. So is, can you describe to listeners how, what this thread is between your pieces? Your well, series? Um, I've, I've done a few series over the years um, that have been built more on kind of my personal vision of uh, you know how I see the world at least and uh, the first one was called urban legends and it was kind of bar scene like figurative pieces I saw some of those yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so so those were kind of based on um, Greek myths the all the titles were based on the Greek myths which was kind of a uh, the Greco-Roman decadence of that period I kind of parallel with um, our current state of uh, well, the current state of society, and um, then the next series I did was was called Thoroughbred, and it was um, kind of looking at the equestrian set and the 
kind of the social scene around that. And I chose that I've been working a lot in Nashville um, at the time, and I chose that set because I was just so kind of taken by the level of opulence that it takes to, <laughs> you know, keep a polo team oh uh, my God. moving. You know, <laughs> these these um, people are flying their horses across the world to compete. Wow. It's incredible. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. How do the horses get that? <laughs> yeah, Interesting. It's, 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 it's the next level. So that, that was um, what Thoroughbred kind of touched on, mostly looking at like the equestrian uh, lifestyle more than the horses themselves, although there's definitely plenty of horses. Uh, and then this latest series I'm working on is um, called American Dream, and it's um, similarly set group of people, but these are generally on, on mega yachts. And uh, the the backdrop this time that was a little bit more emphatic. It's um, usually there's you know whether it be a, like a hillside that's on fire or an oil oh. oil rig that's burning. But there's usually some kind of um, juxtaposition between the the glamour of the mega yacht and then maybe the surroundings. Oh, I love that. And that yeah. would give people so much to think about in our society. Yeah, I'm not sure w who's going to step up and put these on their wall. I, I like them. Yeah. Uh, but they're, but they're definitely food the for thought. The people with money yeah. Yeah, are the a, ones you want. Wait but, a you know, Do I want to yeah, have that yeah. in my home? Well, I think there are people out there who will who will resonate with the work I'm doing. And oh, definitely. I'm, I'm excited to share it with, with um, the world. And we'll find out what you know where they land. Yeah. Now, do you post pictures, like process pictures, or pictures when they're finished, or do you wait until the whole series is done? Or? Sometimes, uh, yeah. I, just recently um, on uh, Facebook, I, I um, have a, a art of Gabriel. Well, wait, wait, no, Gabriel Mark Lipper Fine Art is Facebook, um, and I posted a process series on on one of the pieces I'm doing. Um, and then my website is, um, it's, it's functional right now, but it's going to be going through some uh, little facelift. So that's artofgabriel.com. I found uh, that yesterday when okay. I was searching for you. Yeah, good. <laughs> so Art of Gabriel is his website. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you, um, supporting yourself as an artist, where do you make most of your money from? Like, do you do commission pieces typically, or I mean, how do um, you do it? I, I started out doing um, illustration, and I used to do um, some storyboards for, you know, advertising and film. And uh, then, you know, my fine art um, just started to take off and, and mm -hmm. kind of get, you know, get some, some footing. And I haven't really done um, a lot of commissions lately at all. It's mostly just, you know, painting. And like you were speaking to the fact that I paint different, different things. Yeah. I, you know, I'll paint these series like I'm talking about, but I also paint, you know, landscapes and nudes and different, you know, paintings that are maybe a little bit more um, amicable. For, for people's living rooms, and, and, I, and they, they sell pretty well. <laughs> that, so. That's a good way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. um, do you have certain galleries that you work with, or where all can, is your art? Uh, uh, there's uh, a lawn gallery, like you mentioned, in yeah. Jacksonville. That's you know available by appointment. Um, and then um, Hanson Howard here in town. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, in Ashland. There. In Ashland, that's right. And then um, I, in Nashville, I show at the Reimer Gallery. Mm -hmm which is downtown in Nashville, Tennessee. 
How did you get hooked up in Nashville? That it, it, like, that, do you have family there? Or? No, no. I um, I had a patron. Um, he's a country western singer, uh, Big Kenny from Big and Rich. I don't know if you know country. I you know, don't. Music, but what I'm going to go Google. Save a it. horse, ride a cowboy. They're kind of oh, okay. pop, pop country. That's their song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait. So, what was your painting of? <laughs> or do well, I want to know? Is this no, one he, of the? <laughs> he's he's an art collector. Uh, Big okay. Kenny is, and he 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 was really attracted to a lot of the work I was doing. Yeah. And he's he ended up buying, I mean, well well, well over forty paintings. <gasps> you know, over, over forty of your of paintings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good patron. He's a, he's a patron. Every artist wants that type of patron. Yeah. <laughs> So there was a there was a few years there when I was going back and forth to Nashville quite a bit, mm-hmm. and um, he actually hired this gallery to install my work in his home, and they met me and. You know, oh, so very That's how cool. that kind of thing happens. Nice. That's how you end up in Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> did you listen to country music before that, or that, did uh, that no. just happen? No, okay. I actually had no idea at the time. <laughs> who I was meeting, and that was probably <laughs> to my benefit. But uh. Yeah, probably. I know. I get nervous around celebrities, yeah. so I, I can yeah, that, I can see how that would be to your benefit not yeah. to know. Um, and then where else? I think I had interrupted you on your list of galleries. Well, um, I used to show in Carmel at the New Masters Gallery mm-hmm. and in Santa Barbara at the Waterhouse Gallery. Um, and as my style evolved, uh, their, their subjects tended to be a bit more conservative than the new work I was doing, and I decided that I wanted to go toward a more... Um, kind of contemporary model for the galleries, mm-hmm. and that's when that's why the Nashville Gallery, the Reimer Works, they have a lot of really beautiful contemporary work, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'm one of I think only two or three figurative artists that they carry. Oh, interesting. So it's kind of a different um, uh, set of genres. And uh, Hanson mm-hmm. Howard's a bit like that too. It's yeah. a little bit more eclectic um, than the, the more conservative, you know, um, real representational work that a lot of the other galleries would carry. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now, do you? Um, you said you some of your pieces are um, kind of more suited for living spaces. Like, do you, in your mind, when you're painting, are you thinking about um, what people would want to hang on their wall? Like, are you painting to that at all, or well, do you go back does, and forth? It does occur to me that this may not be something that someone wants to <laughs> hang on their wall, but yeah. I, I really do um, make an effort to follow. Uh, my passion that way mm-hmm. and and you know kind of just be attentive to the muse so i'm not really um attentive to what did you say the muse yeah uh-huh. yeah mm-hmm. just uh, you know um it, it sounds a little hokey but i do feel called often to paint something you know and, and i do that i make sure that i honor that you know that kind of the quiet voice um and, and how do you how do you get that inspiration like like for me i've noticed that um Right before I'm falling asleep or right before, right when I'm waking up. So I've actually, when I take time to just lay down quietly for a while at some point, like I end up getting so much more um, creative ideas than I do if I'm just busy working all day long. Um, where do you get your inspiration or how does it come to you? I think, um, I think it does actually come through the work. Um, a lot of times, you know, the, the paintings that maybe would end up on someone's wall more readily might be one of my landscapes. And those, I usually paint those out on site. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm out there painting. And that's quiet and beautiful and peaceful. Yeah. And that's when I get some very, you know, different idea. Mm-hmm. Kind of shows up that way. Yeah. So a lot of times one feeds the other, you know, or I'll be painting a, a nude in the studio and all of a sudden I have an idea for a bar scene. They don't really, there's not really a rhyme or reason to why, they, why it works that way. Mm-hmm. 
I but, think that's the creative brain. I, I think yeah. it, it, it tends to spin in different it directions. Does. <laughs> and spin and spin. And spin and, and spin. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Carrie sometimes the way my, you know, it's like spinning crazy. Yeah. Um, so tell us about your studio. You just moved. You used to be at the talent studios, I yeah, think, right? right? I kept meaning to stop and visit you, and now now it's too late to visit you there. But where's your well, new you studio? Well, you did have 10 years. <laughs> I know. I mean, honestly, the year I kept driving by that yeah. place with that sculpture outside. Yeah, it's Kevin like, Christman oh my God. and I started that um, with with uh, Clifford Wilton and Phyllis Trowbridge over 10 years ago. Wow. And they're still there. Uh, Kevin is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's gone through, you know, different artists have come through. Um, but last year, um, I decided I wanted to be a little closer to home. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, um, along with Inger Jorgensen mm-hmm. and Corey Kahn and Robin Forsyth and Nicole Waskat all moved to the new studio, which we dubbed the Enclave. The and that's, Enclave. That's here in Ashland. And where is it in Ashland? Is it now? Do you have um, hours when people can drop in and watch what you're doing? Or no, how does your it's, it's a working work? studio. Okay. So it's it's pretty much um, you know the place that we create, and mm-hmm. and we do have occasional uh, open studios and shows, um, and you can certainly go to the website, you know, artofgabriel.com. I think there's. Um, the Enclave Ashland is maybe a Facebook link. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> anyway, um, there will be, you know, posts for for those kind of uh, things. Do you do it, like, uh, in uh, at the same time as Ashland's First Friday sometimes? Seems like I saw you we, do that once. Uh, we did do that once. Um, but I, I it, we got a pretty big, we've had, the, both of the openings we've had, we've had close to 500 people. Uh. What? Yeah, yeah, they've been really <laughs> well attended. In Southern Oregon. Yeah, and so <laughs> shows you as talent people. <laughs> it's um, definitely one of those things where I, I kind of would rather let First Friday be First Friday downtown and not try to split the the limited yeah. amount of art connoisseurs that we have here. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's quite a ways away from the downtown. Yeah, we're area. over um, above the Ashland Shopping Center. In the old Ashland Daily Tidings building. Okay, I'm going to hunt that down because I'm not sure where that is. But I am going to invite myself for a visit. I think I, I had one set up at some point. Yeah, you I have my contact, so you, yeah. you, know, you just dial me up anytime. Okay, yeah, because yeah, I definitely <laughs> want to see it. Um, one of the things I like to do is to open up a, the question of any tips that you have for artists or entrepreneurs who are listening. So, you know, in particular, um, artists who are trying to figure out how to get noticed and um, possibly support themselves as an artist, what type of tips do you have for them? Well, there's different um, levels to that as far as, you know, what what you see for yourself and how you want your career to go. But uh, the, the first and, and I think absolutely most important is that you you need to be absolutely driven by the passion for what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And um, there will be times absolutely when it doesn't look like it's going to work out or yeah. add up. And the the drive to create has to, you know, trump those worries and um, doubts. Yeah. And it, and it should every time. If, if that's not true for you, then I would really question that mm-hmm. career choice. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think the drive to create is equal with the drive to succeed, like the business side of it? Like, do you, do so you think that, they the other factor part in? of that? Um, I mean, and, and it's obviously it's a changing um, uh, world, but uh, but I do think that you know having your feet in a metropolitan area 
is important. And especially I'm saying that here in Ashland because um, as I'm as I'm growing, my my career's been good, but you know, had I had I moved to New York early on, I think I would have had a different experience as far as what you're talking about, mm -hmm. the successes and connections that you can make are certainly, it's just a lot harder to make those when there's not as many um, people. Yeah, so. that makes sense. But do you think it's changing somewhat with the way our world is changing? Yeah, absolutely. I think the internet allows for a lot of um, exposure in ways that have never been possible before. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, I, I wonder about the whole kind of dynamic, the gallery, museum dynamic, mm -hmm. you know, with, with all of these visual opportunities um, for people. The question, I guess, is, you know, do we want to see these paintings in person? Yeah. <laughs> you know, is that even relevant anymore, or is it better to just look, them, look at them on your phone? See, I, I keep know. thinking about that because it seems like so many galleries are closing. Yeah. Um, it seems like whenever I go to a place and I want to go and, you know, look at the art and see the galleries and meet people, it just seems like there's less galleries than there used to be. And I know that's true here in Ashland. Certainly. And yet, like with my pieces, I a big part of my um, artwork is the texture. Right. So people will often say, oh, my God, there's so much better in person. You know, they're good online, but they're so much better in person. So how, you know, it's interesting because I, I found myself thinking about that. How do people buy art nowadays? Yeah, and, and you know, there's a million different philosophies on that. One, you'll notice, you know, if you're following the markets, that, like, the, the high-end art is just exploding. Mm -hmm. But we're talking about people generally, you know, who are dead. And, yeah. and, right? <laughs> and, and accredited, you know, in museums. Yeah. And there's some exceptions to that, but not too many. And then the other version of that is this much more kind of commercialized and quick and small um, art that is, you know, internet ready. So you find things that are like $100, yeah. you know, maybe $200. Yeah. And that's just not even in the realm of what I would do because I, I'm just, I, I don't want to end up, on a production line, mm -hmm. and I see a lot of that happening too. There's this that sense of like creating that you know. There's the painting a day kind of um, yes. explosion. There's a lot, of, and I respect a lot of these artists. They're, it's not that they aren't fantastic. It's just yeah. not the way that I work. Yeah, so you yeah. have to know, um, yeah, how how you work. Um, what else do we want to talk about today? We only have about five more minutes with um, Gabriel Mark Lipper. Um, what? What were we going to talk about? I, I was thinking of asking you, what do you have on the horizon? But we kind of talked about how you're working on things. Do you, mm -hmm. do you want to address that? Well, um, usually I do have a few paintings um, going at once. So like right now I'm working on, I think, probably about a half a dozen paintings. And um, uh, several of them are for uh, this um, new series, American Dream. And then, um, you know, on the side, there's, there's um, a whole batch of work that are going to be these little very loose kind of impressionistic figurative nudes that's for a, a kind of closer to the market we were just talking about they're mm -hmm. they're five by seven you know it's tiny little they're, so they're little paintings that you do yeah in oil yeah yeah, oh. yeah and and they're not detailed they're really gestural fun you know colorful uh, whereas the um you know american dream series is you know 30 inches by 90 inches is one and the other one's 40 by 60 they're fairly larger scale yeah um so, yeah, I like to, that's what I kind of mean by one feeds the other. Mm -hmm. I go back and forth, I oscillate between, you know, a project that has 
parameters and is more concrete, and then something that's just maybe a little bit more frivolous and and um, I like an exercise. Yeah. yeah. When you were um, describing the the size of your large scale pieces, um, I was thinking of the picture that you have right now. It's it's it, your uh, homepage on your website, and you're standing in front of this huge canvas in in your studio. Is that the studio you have now, or is that the That's talent the one? Talent studio. Yeah. I thought it yeah. was because I'd seen it before. Um, how hard is it to paint the large scale paintings? Because I love doing that, and mine are not as big as yours. Like my large scale ones are four feet by four feet, mm-hmm. um, and I love that because they make such a greater impact. But they are work to yeah, paint them. <laughs> it's it, it's physical labor being an artist at times, or to hang them. Yeah. Oh God! <laughs> I was just going to say that that's what they take. They take energy. Yeah, you know, it really takes. Um, it's a, a visceral exercise to put that much paint down, cover that much ground. Yeah. I just finished a series called Faces, which is actually on display at a lawn gallery in Jacksonville. Ooh, on, uh, it's East Main, which is not the main street in Jacksonville. That's yeah. California, but East Main. Um, and those are four foot by four foot faces. They're big ah. faces. And they're um, very gestural, a lot of paint. Um, I, there was a really exciting series to do. Um, and so I just finished that up a couple months ago. And that's oh. up uh, at a lawn right now. So... I do I like to work big. I've been really exploring that. Yeah. And breaking out the big brushes and moving a lot of paint around. Yeah. My paints are in um, caulking guns. They're big. What? Yeah. yeah large. I've never seen anyone do that. So what, you like squirt it on? No, no. I just, that's just how I buy them. That's how I buy them. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's a way of getting a lot of paint at your fingertips. Oh, and well, you wouldn't have to squeeze those little tubes, which can well, be a pain sometimes. Well, and then when you when you squeeze them and they're gone, you feel like, oh, there I went. So yeah, this I this know. way just takes some of the sting out. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I, I like yeah. the way you're thinking. That's <laughs> that's very smart. Um, let's close with let's close with one more question. And um, I was just thinking of one, and it just totally escaped my brain. I don't know why that's happening today. Um, I think it's because um, there's so many questions that I would like to ask Gabriel. Um, one of the things that I noticed that I noticed the most about your art is your figures, because for most of us, it is so difficult to, to draw the human body. And I know when I was younger, um, you know, like taking college classes and stuff, I really myself wanted to focus on the human body, because it's such a way of getting emotion into your piece because there's that recognizable, you know, you're trying to figure out what that person's thinking and stuff. Why do you gravitate towards the human body and, or, or faces, you know, in your realistic paintings? And how, how the heck are you so good at it? <laughs> well, um, I mean, I think you did touch on it. I, th- I think we all, we, it's so relatable. Mm-hmm. We're all human. For the most part, I, mean, there, I think there's maybe a candidate or two out there that are questionable. I was questioning myself when you said that. <laughs> well, you know, um, but but um, I think that's that's the connection that we it's it's universal that we all can relate um, on a basic level yeah. to that humanity, and that's what is intriguing to me. That's what what um, you know, kind of to me, that's the most intriguing yeah. thing. And how are you so good at it? Is it practice? Did it come naturally? It's a little, I think a little bit of both. It's definitely motivation. I've always drawn people, mm-hmm. um, and, I, and I had a, a great classical education. Um, Simeon Bilms is a classically trained Russian, so he had a really formal um, education that way, and that's who I studied under. And um, then beyond that, I just, um, I paint, 
every day all the time there you go well you know all of my art teachers i think pretty much everyone i had had us do like a sketchbook where we did something every single day and they said that's how you train your brain to work that way yeah i've got a little assignment for any of you um who are out there wanting to learn how to paint representationally uh grab a sketchbook and um do five minute sketches um it doesn't have to be more but 20 of them a week it's not a ton but 25 minute sketches a week if you do 10 minutes it's still just one sketch but okay. five minute sketches 20 of them a week it'll change your life you know you get you get through a couple sketchbooks like that and and try to draw from life go to coffee shops be that creepy guy in the corner 